Yeah, just be thankful for what you got. That's kind of, you could kind of sum up my next guest's first book and new book with those very words. Um, the first book, The Book of Awesome, um, was published about uh, several years ago now. It was a massive success. It was number one on the Canadian bestseller list for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. Um, for Neil Pasricha, the author, it was a big deal. He was on all kinds of things. He did a TED Talk. He was did tons of media. And it really took off, too. There were walls of awesome. It was all about appreciating the little things in life, those little things that you should appreciate. Um, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, whether it's, Man, there are a million examples here. Seeing your parents dance, he talks about. It was, you know, when you um, delete an email, delete a subscription email that you've been, that's been annoying you for too long. You know, at one point he talks about, uh, there are many, there are many, many carrying an ice cube tray to the sink without spill, from the sink to the freezer without spilling the water. These are like the little things in life that you do every day and that you should take some sort of pleasure out of. It came from a tough spot. Lots have been going on in his life. When that first book came out, uh, he had gotten divorced. He'd lost a, a very close friend had taken his own life. Um, and he felt the need to sit down and start writing about good little things that had happened in life, starting a blog first. Then the blog became a very successful blog. Then the blog became a book. Well, after eight years on bestseller lists, um, the book of awesome has become much more than just a book. It's sort of become a guide for people to find about find out about good things in life. Um, and since then, of course, when you write a book like that and have a blog like that, people are going to share their awesomeness with you as well. So he's had thousands and thousands and thousands of submissions from people who've used the book to, uh, to think a little more positively about things. And it's all culminated in the new release, newly released our book of awesome. Um, Neil Pesricha's new book. It isn't really a sequel. It's more of a expansion. If the previous was a sort of a book of memoirs, this is a collection of awesome things that you should be appreciative of. Uh, Neil Pesricha joins us now. Thanks so much for your time. It's the time of the year to be thankful, isn't it? And that, of course, is what this book is all about. It is, and as you can tell, I'm very uncreative. I changed one word in the in the title of my of my sequel. If it works, if it works, and wow, did the first one work? I mean, it grew out of a blog. I know it grew out of some tough times, but what an amazing success! You must have pinched yourself when it when it just what happened when it when it blew up. Yeah. Essentially, well, it was it was a wild time. You know, my wife left me, and my best friend took us on life. I started a blog called One Thousand Awesome Things dot com. For the next thousand days, I'm writing Ben about playing on old dangerous playground equipment, as I used to do down by the lake in Oshawa, Ontario. Right. And I, I wrote about flipping to the cold side of the pillow and getting called up to the dinner buffet first at, the, at a wedding, which for an Indian kid, you know, that's the difference between getting paneer or not getting paneer, you know. <laughs> and so I was writing things to make me smile. The publisher printed, I think, 6,000 copies. Heather Reisman made it a Heather's pick. It, it, it sort of started to go viral in the school system. I think that's partly what did it, where principals were making walls of awesome. Teachers were saying, you know, let's make our own classroom book of awesome. Anytime a teacher reached out to me, I was like, use it. Use the logo. Use the whatever. I just, I just like the idea of us puncturing the negativity bubble that exists and us focusing on something good. And you know what? I think I needed it the most. So yeah. into the pandemic, 10 years later, here I am back again with our book of awesome, a sequel with no overlapping content, once again, to placate and, 
and heal my own my own anxious thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I, I looked at I mean, both your personal situation when you wrote the first one, but also we we were coming out of the of, of the great financial crisis. The housing market collapsed in the U.S. Now we're coming out of a pandemic. It feels like every decade or so, we need to be reminded about what's awesome. I I think so. I mean, the thing is, that's all external forces too. So, like Professor Sonia Bamirsky at Stanford University, now the University of California, Davis, wrote a book called The How of Happiness. She posits a model which she she holds loosely, but she says, Ben, fifty percent of her happiness is genetic, ten percent of her happiness is circumstances. Okay, that's the that's the financial collapse. That's what's going、right. on on Twitter. That's Elon Musk in the news, and forty percent is our intentional activities. So, what I always say is. This isn't a why book. Our book of awesome isn't going to teach you why gratitude's important. It's a how book. Right. It's going to help shape your own lens and your own ability to see the small, tiny things that make life sweet. So, privately sending a message in the Zoom chat and then seeing your coworker look down and silently smirk. Right. Awesome, and that you know how many how many little passing notes like in third grade did help us get through the. Zoom fatigue that we all got over the last three years,、yeah. or how about completely nailing the timing on that avocado,、mm -hmm. or carrying the ice cube tray from the sink to the freezer without spilling? I know I'm myopic. I'm me. I'm, I'm a 43 year old, you know, Indian guy living in downtown Toronto. I've gotten remarried. I have little kids. I have my own lens. So part of the reason I called it our book of awesome is because I also want to puncture my own. View. I want to get us to get away from the left, right. You know, are, are you progressive? Are you conservative? Are you? Are you? What color are you? Where do you live? We're constantly trying, with the help of social media algorithms, to filter and sort and rank each other. I think we need to get away from that. And so, in our book of awesome, we have wheelchair accessible nature trails. We have cooking for a loved one after they get out of jail. We have. Hearing the three little boys playing above me on Saturday morning above my basement apartment. I'm telling you, Ben, I can't personally relate to any of these things. But when they're sent to me and submitted to me, as over ten thousand submissions have since the Book of Awesome came out, I'm able to notice, hey, this is a unique view. And so our Book of Awesome is trying to build this community viewpoint. So it's you know I'm trying to get less and less. Me oriented. That's that's partly why I don't even have my my picture or about the author or acknowledgments or dead. I don't have any of that stuff in the book because I wanted to. When it sits on the back of the toilet, <laughs> I want I want you to feel like it's your it's yeah, your experience. It's a it's a collection of awesomeness, right? The first one was 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 a was a sort of a journal of awesomeness, and this is a collection of awesomeness, which is in its own way great. It is because you know what the 1938 Harvard Adult Development Study is the longest study on happiness ever done. They've been doing it for well 80 years now. Every two years they ask the same group of Harvard grads, and they're all men, by the way. I should say. So some people say you know the study is not valid, but that that was what the graduates were. So we have this 80 year old study, and guess what, Ben? From this study, the number one driver of happiness over the long term is community. It's connection. That's why people love listening to you every night. We feel a kinship with the friends and the family in our life, and it is a bigger determinant of our long-term happiness than even our health, our income, our nationality, our gender. I'm saying community is key, and I believe social media is fracturing our ability to connect. I believe it. The algorithms actually. What I've found in this book launch, honestly, they turn my real friendships into transactional ones. And I don't like that, and so that's why there's no entries on social media in our book of awesome, and it's not me. I haven't got any. 
No one's ever submitted me one saying, when, really? you know, when you get no 10 comments said, on your Instagram, no one's ever said that. I, I got nine likes on my tweet and, and that was, that was a, a happy moment for me. No, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. People no. send me things like when your kids don't hear you opening a bag of potato chips. That's a good one. Like I finally unsubscribing from an annoying email you've been getting forever. Like when the hand sanitizer at the front of the grocery store isn't that extra slippery kind that never dries. Yeah, there was some bad hand sanitizer during, during the height of the pandemic. I, you know, I was because of course the what's nice about about your work is that unlike many things, and you've said you, you know your parish not priest, right? That that it prompts you to think about those very things in your own life. So I was thinking today about things that I love. When you run out of something and realize that you got another one on sale a few weeks, a few weeks earlier and it's right in the clock cover, so you just pull it out and replace it. Hey, I do that with deodorant. I love that. I when love it's that. on sale at Shoppers, I'm the guy getting six Old Spices. <laughs> exactly. So when you run out, you're like, oh, no, I've run, out, I've run out of deodorant. You're like, oh, I have another one. It's just I have another things. one for three ninety nine upstairs. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> it's those little things, right? Um, tell me about the idea, though. I mean, it, it's always the idea of putting out the second one and what you'd like people to get from it. Um, I mean, clearly yeah. you talked about going through the pandemic and all the different yeah. things that we realized. And certainly social media is a lot different than it was when the first one came yes. out. I think our mental health has deteriorated. Probably well, here's the, the you yeah. nailed it. We live in the most abundant time ever in human civilization. You can press a button in a car from wherever you are. will whisk you, pick you up. And before you get home, you can press three more buttons. and It'll be a hot, chicken and fries waiting on your porch. Are you kidding me? We live richer than kings lived a hundred years ago. And yet at the same time, Ben, we've got higher than ever rates of anxiety, loneliness, depression, and suicide. Okay, and I can go into the numbers and all these things if you want me to, I'm happy. Look, National Institute of Mental Health says 43% of us have a depressive symptom. There's reports in the New York Times Magazine that one in three college students has clinical anxiety. Surgeon General Vivek Murthy in the United States is saying loneliness is the next big epidemic. You know the Surgeon General usually warns us of cigarettes, obesity. Now Surgeon General Vivek Murthy is saying, no, no, it's, it's loneliness that's more dangerous to us than alcoholism or a pack of cigarettes. So why in this era of abundance do we have the worst mental health? We have to talk about this as a community. Books are a very good vehicle to talk about this because they pull us away from our screens. By the way, 57% of North Americans read zero books last year. Okay, that's an all-time high. We're five hours and 34 minutes a day on our phones. So what we need to do, and it's not just me saying this, I'm, I'm quoting the research from, the, from these smarty pants people, a lot brighter than me. Look, we have all kinds of issues in society. Part of what our Book of Awesome is meant to do is to point us at a tiny bird singing its heart out on a power wire above the abandoned gas station. Birds Canada just tweeted that one today. I guess they like that one, right? Well, uh, getting yeah. us back into nature, into community, into connection, into food. There's a reason why I put seeing your parents dance in here. Because it's also about nostalgia, about love, about poignancy, and about joking around sometimes too. When you when you look at at what you'd like people to get out of this one, because I think when you I, I gather when you wrote the first one, you didn't know, right? I mean, you'd had some, you'd obviously had a lot of interaction with your blog, but you sort of put it out there, and and then it, people reacted to it so wonderfully. Yeah, um, you know, with the walls of awesome and so on. What would you like people to get out of this one? In a way, it's a bit of a pickle answering that question because you're right. They printed six thousand copies of the Book of Awesome. It sold over a million copies. In a way. It found its people. 
10 years later, I'm wondering if those people are still out there. I don't know which teacher is going to say, let's do a book of awesome for our classroom. They might listen to this. They might say, I want to do awesome things. Great. Use them. We made a teacher's guide. My wife wrote it. She's a teacher. You know, we put it on ourbookofawesome.com. You can download it for free. I just want the book to find its people. I just want this community of you know, optimistic, tinged mm -hmm. mindset. You don't got to be optimistic. I actually don't think I am, to be honest with you. I think that I use this material because I know the research to cultivate a positive mindset. I'm calling our book of awesome medicine. It's a pill for anyone that's feeling a bit anxious, a bit overwhelmed. A woman emailed me today. She said, I was reading our book of awesome last night before bed because I was anxious and I couldn't sleep. Thank you. I just read a couple of these things and just resettled me. Well, guess what? That's what it does for me. <laughs> That's what yeah. I'm writing them for, because I'm naturally anxious myself. I was going to say, Neil, you couldn't write the you couldn't write what you write if you didn't feel the opposite of it. You just couldn't. My my growth is really contentment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. I need to chill out and maybe not stop obsessively writing things down for years and years and years. But because I have this, you know, wonky thing in my brain that makes me compulsively for 15 years, Ben, write down awesome things, peeling a hard boiled egg and getting a big chunk of shell off all at once. 30 second surprise neck and shoulder massages while cooking dinner at the end of a long day. It is, you know, it, it is the little things, right? I mean, Neil, we uh, be that, you know, it, it it is a remarkable reminder of why we should be thankful, why should we should stop and appreciate the good little things that happen to us each and every day. And, and listen, it's not just you saying that, uh, just to say, um, we got an area in our brain called our visual cortex. Inside that area is area 17. If you peel a hard-boiled egg and the big shell comes up, Area 17 lights up. If you write about it, read about it, or talk about it, it lights up again. If you share it, it lights up again. In this day and age with the oppressive algorithms all around us, we got to take control over our mindset. And when we double and triple our positivity, it helps us become a happier person. And that, my friends, leads to everything else being better in our lives, our connections, our creativity, our productivity. It goes on and on and on. I think, I feel like a better son, a better husband, a better dad, a better brother, because I'm working on cultivating a positive mindset. That's what it's all about at the end of the day. Yeah. And as you proved the first time out, and no doubt this time too, um, it's contagious. So there you go. Thanks for spreading it. Uh, Neil Pastricha, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, Ben. Thanks, everybody.